Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. Do you know what? A lot has happened over the last week. We've had Manchester City. They've been announced as the Premier League champions. We've also had Leicester win the FA Cup for the very first time. And we've had fans going in, obviously, into Wembley and watching them. Feels like this is a good step to, for football now. Do we feel like we've got a lot to be positive and looking forward to for next season in terms of fans? Oh, definitely. Fingers crossed we can get some more fans going into the stadiums. We might be talking a little bit about that later. But as usual on the podcast, what we'll do is we'll round up Premier League, Championship League 1, League 2, National League, and also have a rant each, a rave each, and also going to talk about our Barnet of the week. So I'll start off by talking about the Premier League. And like I said, Manchester City have been announced as the champions after United lost 2-1 versus Leicester at the beginning of the week. So it's their third title in four seasons, which, bearing in mind their start to the season, is probably, I think Guardiola's been saying, it's his hardest um, win so far as a manager. 27th of September, they had that shock 5-2 home defeat to Leicester. Two days later, they completed the deal for Ruben Diaz, who seems to be a pivotal uh, player for the season. Since that match, City have played 32 league games, won 24, drawn five and lost three, scored 66 goals, conceded only 18. And obviously they had that um, ridiculous spell, 21 consecutive wins in all competitions between December and March, which basically won them the Premier League. And they've also, their 4-3 win at Newcastle on Friday have set a new record for the most consecutive away wins in a row. Um, so Manchester City obviously have done fantastic. This is their third title in four seasons. And you've got to say they deserved it, surely, Dad? Oh, definitely, yeah, very good. Aguero leaving, rumours to replace him. Couple, Haaland from Borussia Dortmund or Harry Kane. Do you think either of those two were going ahead? Uh, possibly, yeah, it's hard to say, really. And then also the mating uh, suggestions that maybe Declan Rice or Grealish do their style of football suit Manchester City? Uh, I think I don't think they need Grealish necessarily with the squad they've got. Maybe Rice more so replacing Fernandinho, perhaps. Do you think Manchester City can dominate again next season? Uh, yes, I think they could. Actually, I think there might be a little bit more competition, but uh, yeah, I think they could. Talking of competition, who do you think are going to be their biggest rivals? Well, I think Man United. It's Man United and Chelsea, Liverpool probably come back strong next season. But um, I think United should, uh, if they can strengthen their squad a bit more and keep moving in the right direction, seem to be uh, playing pretty well. Yeah, but congratulations to Manchester City. Definitely deserved it. And we'll probably talk later on in the podcast or in the next couple of episodes who their standout players been but the main also other news completely opposite end of the table was that Fulham have joined West Brom and Sheffield United in relegation disappointing for Fulham they've had moments where they seem to be on the right track but never just seem to look like ever comfortable of fully sealing the deal and winning matches Scott Parker what do you think about his future he obviously brought them up will he uh, stay yeah definitely leaving there I think he um, similar to Norwich really keep hold of the manager and uh, keep hold of most of your players and have another go. So that's the roundup from the Premier League and also got to mention the FA Cup, the final. Obviously, the FA Cup in general is the oldest national football competition in the world. Chelsea versus Leicester. You had Chelsea who've won the cup eight times, runners-up last year, and Leicester who've runners-up on four occasions, never won. 22,000 supporters attended the final at Wembley 
And it wasn't necessarily the best match at all, but definitely in the last 20 minutes, um, it all came to life and Leicester won 1-0 with some brilliant scenes from the crowds. And it was a stunning shot from Tielemans that actually got the winner, as well as some wonderful saves from Schmeichel. Tielemans has featured in every Premier League game this season, scored six goals, got four assists. Do you think there's only more to come? Because this is the second season at the club and he seems to only be getting better. Yeah, no, I think he's a real good. He'll be a big influence on Belgium as well, I'm sure. Yeah, Schmeichel played every minute as well in the Premier League so far this season for Leicester. 11 clean sheets. Probably not going to be getting... Well, he definitely won't be getting the golden glove. You've got Edison, Mendy, Martinez all still ahead of him. But I think just those two players in particular really stood out in that FA Cup final. And you've got to say that Leicester did deserve to win it. Brendan Rodgers, his first major trophy since the Scottish League Cup in 2019 was Celtic. Brilliant for the owners as well. I think everyone just seems to, even if you don't support Leicester like ourselves, you still really respect them as a club and for what they've done. Um, just quickly, I suppose, where does this leave Chelsea? You know, this is one, one final that they've not been successful in. Will that get in their heads now for the Champions League final? Well, I think Tuchel's got a record of uh, not being great in finals, apparently, in his previous okay. position. So, uh, I mean, you've got a fancy city to win the um, Champions League, I think. So, yeah, I think Chelsea might uh, hold on to a top four spot as being the best they can do this year, perhaps. But overall, uh, it was a very entertaining, like I said, end towards the match of another brilliant FA Cup uh, year in England. Also, it is worth noting that in the Premier League, it is all still to play for in terms of the top four Champions League, as well as getting it into Europe. What with Tottenham winning 2-0 at Wolves and Liverpool with that dramatic final 2-1 win against West Brom when Alisson came up for the corner and got them all three points from their own goalkeeper with a brilliant header. It was literally like the header of a, of a centre forward, really. So it really puts the pressure on Leicester and Chelsea. So currently, as it stands, all teams have now played 36 games. Leicester are in third with 66 points. Chelsea are in fourth with 64 points. Liverpool now just one point behind Chelsea with 63 points. Now Spurs have moved ahead of West Ham with a goal difference of 22 over 10 from West Ham. But they're joint on points of 59. So you've got West Ham, Everton now above Arsenal and Arsenal ninth on 55 points. So what with the remaining fixtures left, it's going to be very interesting as Chelsea and Leicester, like I said, play each other on Tuesday night at 8.15. So that's a huge match. But um, Liverpool will feel like it's all for them to play for, really, as they are away against Burnley. And then the last match of the whole season is at home to Crystal Palace. So they will certainly fancy their chances. So that's my roundup from the Premier League and as well as the FA Cup final. Uh, of course, the uh, championships all wrapped up other than the playoffs. Uh, and uh, Monday and Saturday, I believe, are the uh, two-legged affairs. So you're looking at Bournemouth versus Brentford, and if Bournemouth do manage to get through that and uh, win the final at Wembley, they'll join the other two who were relegated last year, Watford and uh, Norwich, and it would be the first time ever that the three going down have come straight back up. So uh, Bournemouth-Brentford should be uh, closest match. They met, obviously, they met twice this season. Brentford won both of those, two one at home, one nil away. Uh, and they did finish 10 points clear of Bournemouth in third place. Won the last four, Bournemouth lost the last three. So everything says that, that Brentford should win that. Ivan Tony with his 31 goals looking to get some more. 
I think you've got to fancy Brentford. What do you think? Yeah, I think looking at momentum, like you said, they've had four wins on the bounce. Ivan, Tony, I'm going to go for Brentford. Yeah, so I'd I like to see them in the Premier League as well. So I think Brentford on that. So the other uh, semi-final is Barnsley versus Swansea. Of course, Barnsley famously actually nearly went down last season, managed to salvage safety. And then they've had uh, an incredible run up the table. And uh, they play Swansea, so... They've lost twice to Swansea, two nil in both on both occasions, home and away. Swansea won two nil. Swansea uh, won one of the last five. Barnsley won two of the last five. And Swansea, you were two points clear of Barnsley uh, with a better goal difference. It's going to be pretty close, I think. Uh, Swansea have had not a great end to the season. Mm-hmm. Barnsley have been brilliant, but I think Swansea, a bit more experienced, might just get through that. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to say probably just purely from experience and being the bigger club. Potentially, I would say Swansea, yep. So, yeah, so um, all being, we'll review the results next week in depth, but uh, we're predicting, both predicting a uh, Brentford versus Swansea final at Wembley. Well, my rant this week, I'm not necessarily sure it's a rant. It's more a notice of some quite interesting news that's happened in the week and maybe not the best sign for Arsenal fans. Um, Basically, the Spotify co-founder Daniel Ek has had an offer to buy Arsenal rejected by the Cronkies. I don't think... I don't think he offered them as much as they necessarily wanted, but, you know, the Swedish billionaire, supposedly he's worth £3.3 billion. Apparently, he's been a fan of Arsenal since he was eight years old. He's 38 now, lives in Sweden... Um, And he said that he wants to give fans a meaningful say and an influence in the way that the club is run. But I think what's noticeable is the fact that he was backed by Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp. I'm not going to say that the first offer they get, they should necessarily accept it. But apparently, they're not even close to to selling Arsenal. Do you think the fans will be... How do you think they're going to take the fact that, you know, they might not necessarily like Daniel Ek, but will they want anyone over them? I think they've been run very cautiously, uh, for a long time, we Arsenal had some real glory days, the Invincibles, etc. But I think they've been they've underachieved for oh, quite a long time now. Last couple of years of Wenger uh, and beyond that, really. So yeah. I think they do want changes. That's that cautious approach. They they don't seem to spend money very well. Not sure who makes those big decisions, but um, you can't really name a signing that's gone particularly well for them. So um, yeah, yeah, I think they'd be glad of the change. To be fair. So it's more of a case of it's maybe a rant in that the owners don't look like they're going to sell, but also maybe a positive that at least there's people approaching Arsenal. But I really don't know much about Daniel Ek at all, but it sounds like he's a fan. But um, yeah, so that's my, it's kind of a rant, not overly rantish. What about you? Flipping Ek. Uh, well, this yeah. one's uh, my, it's only, I mean, I've done this before actually, but it's uh, interesting in the Sunday papers today. Sunday Times have got extensive coverage of the uh, FA Cup final. Yeah. Lots about the Premier League, odds and sods about the uh, Championships playoffs, but um, absolutely nothing on the National League. National League is getting to quite an exciting place. There's no... Uh, the three other divisions have packed up. It's the only other division, really, significant UK division, or English division, rather, that's still going. So you think they'd at least have one or two little words around it other than just the... Uh, and I don't, I don't imagine there's many of the papers today that will have featured National League, so a bit of a shame, really. So, yeah, I mean, normal rant, stop focusing on all the big stuff and yeah. look at the little stuff. Do you think they should have a set section each day or at least each Sunday or whatever? Yeah, I think so. When you look at the quality of the teams and it's exciting, but certainly the top of the table is incredibly exciting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they should. 
So League One, you mentioned the Championship playoffs and League One on Tuesday night, you got the first one, which is Oxford against Blackpool. In the table, there's six points between them. And actually, I think this, whoever I think wins this one, I think will win overall because both of them have been on some really good run of form towards the end of the season. Oxford have had three wins in a row in the league. Blackpool have had four wins in a row. So obviously they met twice back in December at Bloomfield. It was nil-nil. In March, it was 2-0 to Blackpool at the Kazam Stadium where Dougal and Ballard were on the score sheet. Worth noting, Ellis Sims, he's a 20-year-old English striker, scored three goals in his last two games for Blackpool. So they've got an informed striker, like all these teams really do, because they've got into the playoffs for a reason. Um, Blackpool haven't conceded a goal in four league matches. Oxford have scored 10 goals in their last three league games from nine different goal scorers, which I thought was really interesting. So they've got a lot of players that are scoring goals, but then at the same time, Blackpool aren't conceding goals. So it's set up to be quite a tight affair, really. Obviously, you've got Matty Taylor, top goal scorer for Oxford, 31 years old, 18 goals. So Oxford finished fourth last year, and I think it was quite controversial, wasn't it? Because there was no promotion places, but Wickham got promoted, even though they had one point less than Oxford. I think that's correct. So they'll feel hard done by. And I think going on form, that's going to be a really interesting match. I'm probably going to say Blackpool. They're, they're the favourites going into it. Who do you reckon Oxford versus Blackpool? Uh, it's a real close one. Just about mm-hmm. Blackpool, just about. So that'll be really interesting. And then obviously the second semi-final, we've got Lincoln versus Sunderland. Level on points in the, t- in the table. Both teams started the season really well, but kind of just... Um, lost form or lost momentum as they've finished off the season. Lincoln haven't won their last three matches and Sunderland have only won one in their last nine matches. But they also had a really good run of form before that. So they've really been quite up and down and they haven't kept a clean sheet in their last 10 matches. They met twice, obviously December. It was 4-0 to Sunderland. Two goals from their top goal scorer this whole season, Charlie Wick. And he's actually gone on to have 25 goals. And then in February, they faced each other in the EFL Trophy, where it was 1-1. And then Sunderland won on penalties. And then in March, it was 1-1. So it's really hard to call. Last season, Lincoln finished in 16th place. So it's been a brilliant season for them. Sunderland finished 8th last season. Each season, you think, is this the season they're going to go up? So I'm really not sure. I think when you've got someone like Charlie Wick, who's so prolific, it's very hard to write them off. But at the same time, I still think whoever wins Oxford versus Blackpool is going to go up. But if I was to call it, I probably would say, I'm going to say Lincoln. I'm going to go for Lincoln versus Sunderland. Yeah, I'll say Sunderland, but I think Sunderland of the four teams, by far the biggest, but I think whether they're quite uh, ready to get back up, I'm not sure. So again, we'll be rounding up next week who's got through to the final, but it's going to be really exciting, those uh, those League One playoffs. Of course, League Two, there was um, that whole fight for the last day of promotion where Bolton were being chased and had to win, desperately had to win to, to go up along with Cambridge, actually. So it was Cambridge, Bolton and Morecambe, the three that were so, so close. Of course, Cambridge and Bolton both won, so Morecambe didn't go up, so they faced Tranmere in the playoffs. Morecambe finished third, uh, fourth rather and like I said they uh, they were a real strong candidate towards the end of the season especially Tramier finished five points behind them uh, so that, that top uh, group there were pretty well close actually so Tramier versus Morecambe both matches this season uh, the away team won so Morecambe won at Tramier 1-0 and Tramier won 1-0 at Morecambe so it's a really hard one to call actually you've got to fancy Morecambe because of that momentum they've had and they've been the surprise really candidates Tramier relegated last season controversially. 
as part of the whole COVID thing and the way they divvied up the points and stuff. So they'll be desperate to get back up. But probably say Morecambe just about. Yeah, I'll go for Morecambe, just purely because we, we seem to mention them a lot in the podcast. The Shrimps, is that what they're called? The Shrimps, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. I said they've had a really good season, having been um, close to relegation and certainly relegation uh, favourites this season. So Yeah. Then the other one, you've got Newport versus Forest Green Rovers. Forest Green, really interesting team. Been to the ground, an interesting ground. Of course, they've got the whole vegan thing going on. Forest Green won 2-0 at Newport, and the match at uh, Forest Green was 1-1, so... Pretty close, I think. I mean, they finished on the same number of points. Newport finished unbeaten in the last five. Forest Green managed to stay in the playoffs, but winning the last two matches, keeping Exeter at bay and Salford at bay. I've just got this thing that Forest Green, they've never been uh, further than League Two. Of course, they're fairly new to the league. Got a new manager in there, so a bit of momentum going. So I just think Forest Green have got half a chance. I'd probably plump for them I think okay I was thinking of Newport personally just because like you said they're undefeated in five but it seems like both teams have got a bit of form but interestingly none of those teams were even in the playoff places at all last season all oh, right there you so go well, I think yeah whoever goes up it's gonna be a, a great result oh my rave this week so again something within the news that I thought was exciting that Jamie Carragher and Robbie Fowler have taken over Liverpool's old training ground at Melwood. Obviously, they're Liverpool icons and legends and they did really well for the club and the club spent almost 70 years at the training base. It's a very personal place for the two of them uh, before moving to their new £50 million training centre in November. So they obviously saw it was up for sale and they thought we don't want this to to go possibly in the wrong hands or you just don't know in this current climate what's going to happen to to big training facilities like that. But they've they've said they've got an ambition to help create a new generation of well-trained professionals who if they can't revive their playing careers, will become maybe sports scientists, physiotherapists or coaches. So it's not necessarily a training centre for for footballers themselves to try and get... Prof- it's more, like I said, for that route, that route of sports science, physios and things like that. And apparently it's also going to be a hub for dementia support as well for members. So, yeah, I think it's great that they're putting money into what is obviously a real personal place for them and hopefully going to keep some thriving sporting memories at that training base because you just don't know what could happen with a with a facility like that during covid and money and things like that so yeah had you heard about that in the news no i hadn't that sounds very good though very yeah. uh, worthy course that's for sure yeah definitely mine's really just going back thinking about the um interview we had with gary mabbott and when he talked vividly about his uh FA Cup final experience being the winning captain in the FA Cup final mm. and also talking about how he um, remembers it uh, FA Cup final day as a child when it was all the build-up and how exciting, biggest thing. And it, it, there seemed to be a lot more of that this year, obviously. Um, fans back into Wembley, as you said before, good atmosphere, underdogs winning and just generally a lot of positivity. And um, it did feel lots of people talking about... Um, Emil Heskey was on telly saying what it was like for him when he watched it on telly as a kid and he managed to play in the final. So yeah. I think it's really good to see the FA Cup. It's been, obviously, it's been uh, a strange tournament over years with teams playing B teams and all sorts of stuff. But uh, it felt like both teams wanted to win, uh, exciting times. And yeah, just just a general good 
uh, a good feel factor about the FA Cup, which was really nice to see. Really good coverage as well, wasn't it? It, wasn't, yeah, it was on definitely. for a good period of time. I remember Gary Mabbott talked about what was that old football game used to have? He used to flick. Sabuti or... Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. He mentioned that and when he was lifting the trophy. So, um, yeah, I, I'd completely agree. Great to see the fans back in the stadiums and hopefully we'll have many more matches like that. Barnet of the week. So I've not gone for someone who's maybe got a really out there Barnet. It's quite a traditional looking Barnet, but I think it looks really neat. And I've gone for Ryan Mason, the um, obviously current Spurs manager, and we don't know who's going to get the Spurs job. But I think he's got some good looking Barnet he's got going on. Slight curls, slight side parting, but also just keeping it really night trendy I think when you've got people like Deli Alley Gareth Bell it's easy to get swept up in all those uh very interesting barnets but Ryan Mason for me has got a yeah a quite smart looking barnet what about you I'm uh, going back to the uh, championship playoffs and uh, I said before Ivan Tony 31 league goals had a fantastic season and um he's definitely got a barnet to watch so has it I can't remember what his barnet yeah, looks like yeah sort of uh, he's got a bunch a big thing on top yeah um, short back but shorter yeah, yeah, size short but size loads going on the loads top loads going on the top some sort of um, headbandy thing yeah. as well I think so could be heading to the Premier League uh, Newcastle let him go I'm really? pretty sure so yeah uh, so he could be heading to the Premier League with Brentford or uh, if they don't get up somebody else might come and uh, might come and grab him but yeah barnet of the week Ivan Doney I've got the uh, National League uh, summary for the week, which is uh, obviously with the lack of the other three divisions. This is a so I'm, I'm going to cover quite a lot of it. So you've got the three teams who are um, well, there's four teams really fighting for that top spot. And Sutton didn't let anybody down. Nil nil at half time at Maidenhead, mid table Maidenhead, nothing much to play for. Sutton held they held them till nil nil at half time, but then the second half Sutton came good, three nil win in the end. Donovan Wilson scored the first sixty fifth minute. And they ran out 3-0 winners, so brilliant win for Sutton. Hartlepool, of course, chasing hard. Again, Aldershot mid-table, they were away at Aldershot. Same again, 0-0 half-time. But Hartlepool um, kept going and ended up winning 3-1. So a good win for them. Put the pressure on Torquay, of course, who were up there trying to get up. They had a Sunday match against Stockport. A real uh, tight match because Stockport are in that top four and um, exactly what the other two teams would have wanted it was a 2-2 draw 1-1 at half time Scott Borden got both Torquay's goals I think we talked about him a few weeks ago on loan from Chesterfield Chesterfield also trying to get up so it's all a bit strange in my world that uh, he should be scoring two goals for Torquay when Chesterfield are drawing 0-0 at home to Wheelston so yeah so um, Sutton and Hartlepool certainly uh, came off best that playoff places you got Boreham Wood again Boreham Wood nothing to play for 2-0 up at home to Wrexham uh, half-time, but Wrexham came good in the second half with three goals. A huge win for Wrexham. Notts County and Bromley were fifth and eighth going into their clash. So a real six-pointer. And again, good for everybody else around them. Notts County 2, Bromley 2. Uh, Bromley were leading 1-0 at half-time. So some exciting stuff there. The lastly, uh, Weymouth trying to get out of the bottom and make themselves safe. Played at home to Altrincham. We were already safe. And they scored two from Andrew Dallas to win 2-1. Andrew Dallas, again, another loanee. He's on loan from 21-year-old Scott, uh, on loan from Cambridge. Uh, Ex-Rangers player, Scottish lad. So uh, a massive win for Weymouth. Looks like they're probably safe. 
So looking at the table, uh, going down, obviously, Barnett are down. Kings Lynn, uh, Walking, uh, Walking have lost the last five. Kings Lynn, between those two for the other spot. And then Wealdstone still in it, but look like they should be safe. And up the top, all these teams have played 40 now. Sutton, 81. Torquay, 78. And Stockport and Hartlepool, 73. So it looks like Sutton should get it. And in the playoffs, you've got Wrexham, Notts County, Chesterfield, Bromley and Halifax probably. Hartlepool or Stockport should be in playoffs definitely or are in the playoffs definitely. So you're going to perm from Wrexham, uh, Notts County, Chesterfield, Bromley and Halifax, the teams chasing the other playoff places. Ones to watch. So in the Premier League, there's some midweek matches. Tuesday night, very interestingly, 8.15pm, you've got Chelsea versus Leicester after they've obviously literally just played each other in the FA Cup final. So Chelsea will very much be wanting revenge. But at the same time, it is a meaningful match for those top four places. Two points between them in the league. So, yeah, very hard to call. It was very tight and close at the FA Cup final. So... It'll be interesting to see who wins that one. And then Wednesday, 7pm, I've gone for Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. Palace will be buzzing off their 3-2 win versus Villa. Three goals and three matches for Benteke. eh? He's becoming prolific. There's a lot of chat about should they keep him on for next season. Three goals and three matches. Is this the resurgence of... Benteke definitely <laughs> and um, Arsenal to be fair to them they've had back-to-back wins since that disappointment versus Villarreal and they would have had a week off which in this current season and uh, all the matches that are going on to have had seven days rest between two matches is quite unusual so fresh legs for Arsenal will make that one one of my ones to watch as well and the ones to watch for uh, National League midweek you've got Wrexham versus Notts County two big league teams actually two of the teams who have Got a big history in the league and two that are looking to get in the playoffs. And then on Saturday, you've got a massive uh, Sutton versus Hartlepool, uh, which will be really, I mean, if Sutton win that, they're more or less done, I think. And Torquay versus Barnett. Barnett already down, so you've got to fancy uh, got to fancy Torquay to win that. And then finally, Stockport play walking, uh, walking three points off the drop, so they're going to be looking for points. So, uh, But it's looking like Sutton's title and uh, getting back into the league for, or getting into the league rather, for the first time ever. Sutton, 123 years the team's been going for, never been in the league. Wow, wow. If they do get up, the Gander Green Lane ground, just over 5,000. The seats, some of the seats in the ground were donated from Stamford Bridge when they had a refurb. Oh, wow. Uh, managers Matt Gray's been there since uh, May 2019, 20, uh, sorry, 39-year-old Cockney. Uh, he was manager at Eastleigh, uh, assistant manager at Aldershot and Crawley. So Sutton, it would be absolutely wonderful if they do go up. It'd be a real uh, fairy tale uh, story for them. So good luck to Sutton. Right, that's it for this week. We've obviously rounded up some huge news that Manchester City are the Premier League champions. Leicester have won the FA Cup for the very first time. And we've also given some of our tips on who we think could be going through for the Championship League 1 and League 2 playoffs. There's still lots to play for. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. We will be back with some more football chants and rants with the plants next week. And we'll see you then. 